joined on Football CFB by former Scotland player Graham Alexander, the penalty kick king, as he's known by so many of us here in Scotland and down south. Played at Scunthorpe, Luton, Preston and Burnley. As I talked about the national team, now managing with Salford City. First of all, Graham, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure, pleasure. No, it's, it's good to speak to other people outside the family at this time because it's obviously, we're all on lockdown and everything, so um, no, it's, it's okay. The first question I've got for you, you're managing Salford City. It's a club that has, has rose to prominence in recent years, obviously high-profile owners, Gary Neville, Phil Neville, the whole of the class of 92. What was it that attracted you to Salford in the first place and how proud were you to achieve promotion in your first season? Um, yeah, obviously the pro- the profile of the the, the owners is, is massive. You know, it's it's throughout the world. You know, from what they did with their own football careers, and you know they've uh, they started off with a probably a smaller project than it's actually became. Um, you know, when they first got started with it, but you know the promotions that they've they've gained so far sort of where the appetite for how far the club could go, and. Um, you know, I was uh, when when I was first approached, really, and, and you know, it was it was difficult from my perspective because I've never worked outside the league. You know, as a player or as a coach, and um, you know that that was the big that in fact that was the only hurdle. That everything else, when I spoke to them, you know, Gary and Chris Casper about the job was um, was very attractive, and you know, uh, looked like it could be a really rewarding uh, role. Um, chance to be successful, working with good people and hopefully good players, which we which we got. And um, but it was just getting over that barrier of going out outside of the the league pyramid, really for me. And um, you know, once I made that decision to do that, you know, it's uh, it was full systems go, and and that was it, really. I think yeah, you you got to you got to take a leap of faith sometimes, and you know, I think that that happens in life as well as football. And I think uh, you know, it was one of those where I wanted to do it. Um, you know, I spoke to a couple of people for a bit of advice, but really it came down to, you know, a good decision to go with it. And uh, you know, like you say, winning promotion the first year, you know, was certainly uh, a rewarding um, uh, part of that decision. So uh, yeah, it was good. You mentioned get outside the league system in terms of the promotion. Be honest, is it even more special when you win it at Wembley? Because winning the league must be great, but winning it at Wembley must be just the best feeling. Yeah, it's um, you know, fortunately I've I've done that twice now. I did it with Fleetwood in my first job, and and obviously with Salford. And, and your target at the start of the season is to win promotion automatically. It's, it's to win the league if you can, and then if not, winning getting those automatic positions because you know it's listen. Winning the league is the best thing. It, it really is. Uh, you know, you've been the best team. Um, but after that, getting promotion is the next best uh, sort of stage but doing it like you say Wembley in a player final is a you know I think it's it's more exciting certainly more exciting um I think yeah, I think because it comes down to that one-off game where it's winner takes all you know for the whole of the next season really on promotion and I've experienced it myself as a as a player um the first few times in a negative sense you know lost I think three player finals as a player uh, won the last one that I played in with Burnley, and then as a manager won won two. So it's I know that I know the feeling either side, and I certainly prefer the 
the side of winning because it's um, it's devastating when you when you don't at that that stage. But yeah, I think I think certainly the getting into Wembley for the first time in the club's history last season when we were in fact it was to a year today that we won the semi final. Um, I've seen that been posted. My, my wife showed me that on social media. Um, it's been posted out today. We won the semi-final last year, um, so that was Salford going to Wembley for the first time in its you know history. And then obviously a, a week later we followed it by winning at Wembley. And um, great memories, great memories for for myself. Great memories for everyone connected with Salford, and, and uh, certainly the players. You know, when you when you're a player at the I'd say the the, the lower end of the, the football pyramid, you know, as he, as compared to the Premier League, the opportunity to to play at Wembley or venues like that are, are few and far between at this stage. So to get there, you know, obviously three of the boys scored, which is brilliant for them. You know, speaking to them after, you know, that that will stay with you forever. The whole squad was part of it, going up the steps, lifting the trophy and everything, and that and that's what you know you you. You remember when you when you're my age and you retired eight ten years. You know you if you remember in your career, you remember in those standout points. And for those players, they will remember that point. You know for the rest of their lives. Absolutely, and and any and when you win at Wembley, any final, any playoff, as you say, it's something that can never be taken away from you. With Salford, you're the first manager to take them into the football league. The first time the club's ever been in the football league. What was that like? in terms of the start of the season, the preparation? Because obviously you've been there before. Is that where the owners expect you to come into your own in the sense that you've got the experience of the football league that the club doesn't have and the, the recruitment and, and, and the way that things operate change at all? Yeah, it, it, it was part of that. I think um, because you know the, the, the non-league system is different from the football league and it works outside of the usual uh, transfer windows and, and so forth. And... Um, but it's still, even even though all my experience of managing was, you know, League Two and League One, um, you know, it's you're still going up with a different group of players, and you and you get to know those players, and and we we sat down, um, I think it was two days after the playoff final. To be fair, when we when we sat down and, and looked ahead, and and we wa- we wanted, we felt, and we wanted to give the opportunity to the majority of that squad that that brought us through. You know, we we felt that they'd competed at a real good level. We felt there was a lot of potential and and youth in that in that uh, squad, and uh, and we didn't make uh, overall you know massive changes. Uh, we didn't. We started off okay in the league, um, but at a certain point we weren't where we wanted to be, and we we started to make um, you know uh, I wouldn't say difficult decisions. Well, they were difficult because you get to. You get to know players and they're successful with you and um, and you want to give them the opportunity. But we had to improve our, our standing, our position in the league. We had to improve where we were going. So we, we've made changes gradually over the, the transfer window. But certainly there was there was different things that obviously the club have never experienced before. Yeah, I have experienced, but so do the owners as well of, of football in general. Uh, maybe not so much, you know, the, those divisions. Um, so it, it was it was part of the whole thing, but you know, um, you know my my role coming here, you know, there was a lot of good work done in the previous seasons as well. You know, I know I I was the manager that took them into the football league for the first time, but obviously the previous managers had done ever so well as well. You know, coming up through the the other divisions, so 
you know, I wouldn't like to for their role and other players' roles and people that went before it in the five years since Jonas took over to go uh, unrecognised. I think there was a lot of work done by a lot of people. Um, but yeah, getting into Football League was a big step for, for us. Um, we're still not where we want to be ultimately, but you know, we're only you know, 18 months, 20 months into the, the project since I've came in. Um, and obviously the the sort of delay in action at the moment is sort of is it's a bit frustrating because we we you know we we sort of brought in a few players in January and we we felt we got the squad settled now to what we wanted. I think uh, you know over the last twelve games, I think we've been fourth or fifth best team in the league. So we we know we we're getting to where we want to be and um, and win the the final lease and dot com dot com final against Portsmouth and then effing grinds to a halt. So. Um, you know, it's, it's it's difficult, but we know we's, there's a there's a there's a lot of future. There's a lot of growth in the club, and it's about taking those steps when when we get the opportunity to do it. You mentioned taking those steps. Was the first game in the football league at one that was nerve wracking against Stevenage as well? Um, do you know, what? it was exciting. You know, it was exciting. I, th- I think um, you know, getting in pl- playing at Wembley for the first time in the club's history. You know, coming into the football league for the first time in the club's history, all those things, all those steps—they're steps into the the unknown for the club, and but they're exciting steps. They're always you know breaking through little little barriers that that this club has done in the last five years, anyway. So we 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 couldn't wait for that first game. You know, I think it was a, a special game for the club. Um, uh, I think seven or eight of the players who who, who played that game were the player final team and 12 months before that I think seven of them had been playing in the level below that as well so there was a you know a lot of newness and and, and nervous energy and anticipation I think um, and you know it was obviously the cameras being there as well and us kicking off before everybody else in the football league it was, it was a lot of um, hype and profile around the game but you know we, fortunately if we were 1-2-0 it was a great result for us on the day and you know it was, uh, it was good to get off to a positive start but um, yeah it's, we, we, it was uh, I think it was an exciting time I think you know it was a bit bit unique how, how the club has got to where it has so quickly um, and I think that first game in the Football League is a, a momentous occasion Definitely momentous you you mentioned the fact you win that game 2-0 a great moment in history for the club something yeah. that intrigues me about the recruitment that you've had at Salford you've brought in some players who I've played at a higher level. You've got Craig Conway, obviously, who I know from his time playing in Scotland. Darren Gibson was also at Manchester United and others. James Wilson, know from his time in Aberdeen, but also coming through at Manchester United as well. Richie Tibble, another one. When you bring players like that in, is part of the reason for bringing them in, not just their quality, but what they can bring to the group in terms of the experience like yourself, but from playing at higher levels in the Championship and the Premier League? Yeah, it's you know, it's. I think it's a big thing in football. I think you're looking to, you know, talent and quality is a a big aspect of recruitment and looking looking into that. But you also want to look at people's stories and what they've got to prove and their history. You know what they've done. You know what they've won. Have they been captains, leaders in the in the groups? And this is what we're looking at still as we speak. But you know we. The the those guys. You know Craig Craig Conway. If, if you take him and Darren Gibson and James Wilson, they, we, they hadn't had the, the best time recently. You know, uh, James, you know, I spoke to James Wilson last, last summer and tried to 
to convince him to come to us. But, you know, the, the lure of Aberdeen again, you know, where he enjoyed himself and it's a, you know, a, a fantastic club in Scotland, you know, one of, one of the, best, the, the top clubs up there. So he wanted to go and, and give it another go. Craig Conway had left Blackburn basically for in search of um, regular football. He was uh, he was actually offered a contract at Blackburn, but turned down because he wanted to play regularly. And he, he actually came in just on trial at first, you know, training, which showed me about his ego. And the same as Darren Gibson, you know, he was um, unattached. We we had him training, trying to get his fitness levels up for for probably about six to eight weeks before we actually, um, you know, uh, signed him and gave him a contract. And they fin- it, but we just wanted to prove, uh, make sure that these lads had the right attitude. It's, it's a bit different, and I've been there, you play at a high level and then dropping down is, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to rip it up. It's, it's every, every game, every level is competitive. I think the, the biggest thing is your mental approach to it. You know, when you're not playing at the level that you have done or you would like to. And it's about making sure that you, you, you have the most positive attitude coming into everything and you, you leave your ego behind and you just get on with football. And, and what we've done, I think the environment we've tried to create at, at Salford does that. I don't, think, I, I don't think we have players and people that are idiots who you wouldn't like to sit and have a cup of tea with. You know, I think, but, but they've got a, an edge to them that they, they want to compete and they want to win. And and it's sometimes, you know, making a quick decision on someone could be a, the wrong one. But if you take your time and you see their character, it's it's really rewarding because they, these lads have undoubted quality. You know, I, I didn't have to look into what qualities they had. I knew, knew that anyway. But to bring their qualities to our level and then reproduce them, we had to understand their character and their personalities. And I think, um, you know, it, it was that they still haven't, you know, um, you know Darren Gibson, uh, James Wilson in particular, they've only been with us since, you know, January, they're signed. So they're, they're, they're still getting up to match fitness. You know, they haven't played a lot of football, a lot of full games for quite a period, but they, they train ever so hard. They, they've, got the, they've got the right attitudes and they're surrounded by similar players and, and people to be fair you know I, I, lo- I love the squad of players that we have and they're a great group and um, I think they felt really not I wouldn't say comfortable is the right word but included and and motivated to to be successful the team their teammates and and um, but undoubtedly that you know if we can get them to the level which we know we can physically and motivationally in their minds their quality will will count for us without a shadow. You mentioned the quality will count. You are building some momentum. You're at the club sitting tenth as we as we speak when when the lockdown and the postponement of football took place. In terms of yourself, Graham, are you hoping it comes back soon, or would you rather it ends, whether it's points per game or whatever, and you can fully focus on next season and getting to where you want to be and the club want to be? Uh, no, I'd, I'd love the game to to return. Uh, you know, for this season to be concluded properly. I think um, I think there's a real will from you know people down here to do that. I think it's the challenges ahead are, are quite difficult ones. And I think um, you know there's a lot of really soul searching and and um, serious uh, discussion to be had about the the safety of returning. You know, soon. Because uh, obviously the, the the postponement cannot go on forever, 
Um, you know, you can't put off this season, you know, the end of the season, six months, eight months down the line and then return for those games. I think that would be too difficult. So unless it's a return soon to playing, I don't think this season can be completed. Um, which would be frustrating because I still think we had a, and have a, an outside chance with the games left of of putting a bit of pressure on those teams in sixth and seventh in the playoffs to get there. I think the run of form we've been on and the quality we brought in in January would give us that opportunity. We got a, a, a cup final against Portsmouth at Wembley to, to play, um, which we qualified for. And, and obviously that's been postponed as well. So there's still lots of things to play for this season. Um, but I understand the, the difficulties and the concerns about player safety. Um, well, not just player safety, supporters, staff, everybody connected with the game. You know, I've spoke to my players a lot over the last couple of weeks when more information has got out and tried to get a general consensus of you know, how they feel because it's, it's no good me coming on or saying anywhere that I want the game to return as quick as possible if, if the players don't feel safe doing that. You know, we, we have to be led by the players because at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones taking the most risk by going out onto the pitch and, and contacting each other and so forth. So um, the players have to be uh, listened to in, in this perspective. But um, yeah, I, I don't really know if it will get concluded this season, but my ultimate choice would be to try and do that if possible. To rewind back now to your playing career, you played predominantly as a right back, but you also played in defensive midfield. The obvious question to ask you is, where did you prefer playing? Where were you most comfortable on the pitch? Um, well, it came in two stages, really, because I started off as a fullback as a young player at Scunthorpe. But when I got into the first team, they played me one up, just on the right-hand side of midfield. Thought I could do a good job there. And I did a decent job, but I got to a certain stage where... I knew I was never going to go any higher than where I was by playing in that position. I didn't have the quality to play at the higher levels. But I felt if I went back to my natural position, which I felt was a fullback, um, that I would have the qualities and attributes to, to play at a higher level. And, and that, that's how it turned out. You know, I, I spoke to the manager at the time and I went back to right back and I ended up coming to Preston and, and my sort of career took off there at a higher level. And, you know... Um, but I would, I would say, you know, and I played there for probably nine, ten years as a fullback. When I went to Burnley and got moved into central midfield, completely by surprise at the time, um, I was just happy to be playing, and I, I just loved playing it. And I, and I played in different positions, even for Scotland. I played left back, right back, centre midfield, um, and I felt quite comfortable in those positions. But I would say, I would say, my at my best, I was a fullback who get on the ball but the time I was moved into central midfield as a holding midfield player it it prolonged my career certainly because I wouldn't have been able to play at the level I did as a fullback at 36 37 38 I would have been exposed too much because of my lack of pace and and um and everything and I think the the move into midfield certainly came at the the perfect time for me um and it gave, it gave me a new sort of lease of life in my mind as well. You know, it's sort of right learning a new position, playing in di- you know di- different aspects going on through the game, and, and and it sort of reinvigorated me, I think, a little bit as well mentally. And uh, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it. So I'd say underneath, I was probably a, 
a fullback. You know, that's how I grew up between, you know, from the age of 10 playing as a fullback. As I'm probably the only kid in the who turned out to be a professional footballer actually started at fullback because they, they all tend to start at centre forward and then drift away. You know, they're the best players at 10, 12, 14, always at centre forward and then they drift around to whatever positions. But I was, I think, I started as a fullback and basically went into professional football as a fullback. And, um, but I enjoyed playing in midfield because it was, you know, it was just different challenges, but I could get on the ball. I, both positions sort of, I was lucky that they highlighted my best attributes. I, I wasn't, I had no pace. I, I didn't, I wasn't a particularly powerful player, but I felt I could pass the ball, had a good touch and had a, had a good brain. And I think both of those positions sort of allowed me to, to be the best I could. And um, so either position I was comfortable, as long as I was in the 11, I was a, I was a happy bunny. If it, if you took me out of that, then it was a different kettle of fish, to be honest. <laughs> in terms of Scunthorpe, was that the perfect club to come through and develop at? Because you were playing in the old fourth division, the old third division. Was that the perfect grounding for you to, to mature as not only a, a player, but as a person? Because you know what it's like in the sort of lower leagues, especially back in the 90s and late 80s. It was more physical maybe than it is now yeah yeah it was very physical and and to be honest it was it was perfect for me I, I was I was born and bred in Coventry and obviously I I um, had a couple of trials at Coventry you were a top flight club then but um, it, it never really progressed anything more than that a couple of training sessions and trial and uh, and I wasn't good enough I, I if I if I'd have been taken off on by Coventry at 16 they would have let me go 18. I didn't have I didn't have the the attributes to play at that level, you know. So I would have probably been released at 18 anyway. And um, I, I, I wrote for loads of trials at loads all the Midlands clubs, and I eventually got a trial at Scunthorpe. I was sent there by an actual uh, one of the commentary scouts who thought I had something, but not for that level at the top level. And he sent me for a trial at Scunthorpe. We were in the fourth division, like you say, and I managed to to get picked up by um, by Scunthorpe and. It, it was perfect for me, you know, because at that level, there was zero money. Even though Scunthorpe were quite okay because they'd just moved to a new new ground. They had a little bit of money in the bank. But, you know, you're talking about 14-man first-team squads and, and a youth team. And if the reserves were made up of probably I was two or three players dropping out of the first team and, and then the best uh, apprentices. So you're playing first team, uh, sorry, uh, reserve team football from the age of 16 you know, um, against and with senior players. So you're right into it straight away. And I made my debut as a first-year apprentice at Scunthorpe in the in the Sherpa van or whatever it was called back then. But I didn't make my lead debut for a couple of years later. But you were really close to the first team at that level, you know, in the fourth division. And, you you, you know, my mates on the building site were earning more than me for probably four or five years. You know, but I was... I was playing professional football and I was living my dreams. So, um, but it was certainly a, a completely different way of life from what, you know, football was 10, 15 years later. Um, but it, it was, like you say, I think it, it gave me the opportunity to grow at my pace. Um, it gave me the opportunity to sort of break into the first team and compete with the first team at a young age. And, uh, you know, obviously, you, you go from there. So, getting that foot in the door is really important. And I think Scunthorpe gave me that opportunity, without a doubt. You play well over 100 games for Scunthorpe. You sc- 
as a, this is the thing that always fascinates me about you as a player. Although you are predominantly a fullback, you always chipped in with at least five goals a season. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. At that time, that's when I got I played one up. Um, but it's because as a fullback, I was quite an attacking fullback and always bombing on and and getting shots off and that. And that's why they they sort of felt I could do a bit a more of an attacking job one up. And um, even though it is a different different position where you're starting from, and I didn't feel as comfortable as I did there as I did as a fullback. But it gave me the opportunity to, like you say, to score goals and and and. I, Every player loves scoring goals. I think you're a bit strange if you don't like scoring a goal. So, um, and, and I, I'll be honest, when I was at school, I had a bit of a reputation for scoring quite spectacular goals. I mean, you'd have to find the old Betamax videos now. And, and unfortunately, you know, Sky wasn't about you know uh, uh, watching every single game and having great footage. So, but there's some grainy footage out there of me scoring out know, 25, 30 yarders with my left foot and right foot and so forth. And and I just love playing, but. It was, um, yeah, not, not, even, even when I went, you know, throughout my career, and that's why I went on to taking penalties, I, I'd love to score goals. I think, it, you know, I think it was good, but it's difficult from fullback. So you don't score as many as you'd like. But, you know, whenever I was in training and small-sided games, you know, when it's not really you're playing in position, I was always scoring goals and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it was good. I, I, th- I really enjoyed my time at Scunthorpe. And I think I play, I think it was about... I think I played 200 games just on that. There's a couple of discrepancies on a couple of games, but um, I played quite regular for four, four years and, uh, you know, obviously got my move to, to Luton Town. You mentioned the fact you get your move, you're playing regularly, you're scoring goals, spectacular goals at that. How did the move to Luton come about and ultimately was the draw of the old first division just too much to turn down? Yeah, well, it was one of those where there was... Um, the, the season before, I, I was... I actually got moved in between. I was playing wing back. The, the team, uh, the manager who came in, it was actually my old youth team manager, Richard Money, who gave me my first opportunity. He'd gone away to Aston Villa and then came back as first team manager. And, he, and we were playing three at the back and I was playing right wing back and I was playing really well. And um, there was a bit of speculation that season of, of a couple of clubs watching and so forth. And nothing really came of it, which was, I felt disappointed. I, I felt disappointed at the time. I felt I'd, I was ready for the next stage and the next level. And I'd seen a couple of lads who had played with make that step up and other players at a similar level. And it didn't, it didn't quite work out. And, but, so it got to that, when I made my move to Luton, it was the first day of pre-season. I just went back in training as normal, thinking, you know, I'm st- you know, a Scunthorpe player. I, wasn't, I didn't have an agent. It wasn't as what it is now. You just got your head down and worked and played. And then, but the manager called me in after the first day of training and said, oh, um, the club have agreed a deal with Luton Town. You know, we, um, it's, it's a good fee for us. I think you're ready for the next the next step. Um, so do you want to go and speak to them? I'm like, of course, yeah. You know, Luton were in the Championship then. I think they'd been in the FA Cup semi-final the year before. So they'd had a great cup run, bit of a profile. And um, yeah, it, it seemed like a, a great great move for me at that, at that level. And at that stage, sorry, and... Uh, you know, there was no doubt in my mind that I had to make that move. In terms of making the move there, the first move you'd made in your career, what's that like, especially when you had a younger player? Yeah, it was, you know, I'd never experienced it and I'd never had an agent or anything like that. So immediately I asked a couple of senior players, you know, what do I do? <laughs> you know, what do I ask for? You know, how much do I ask for? You know, this, that, you know, I was very, very innocent, even though I was 23. 
I'd only known Scunthorpe United. And um, so, like, uh, I got advice to go and speak to, uh, ring the PFA. So I met someone from the PFA who met me on the motorway and we would travel down together. Went in, let him do all the talking um, and uh, signed a contract. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was strange because I don't, like I say, I only knew Scunthorpe from the age of 16. I left school and within a month I'd, or so, I'd left home to go to Scunthorpe. And then for seven years, I'd lived there. So coming down to, to Luton, it was a bigger stage. Uh, bigger name players who, who are new, you know, people like Mitchell Thomas, who played it for Tottenham, and, and Trevor Peake, who was a, a little bit of a hero of mine from the, the Conch City FA Cup winning team. So, like, you know, I was walking in the changing room thinking, you know, some, some big name players here. And uh, I, I was, it was, it was nerve wracking at first. I was quite nervous. Um, I was quite shy. Uh, but I was determined to, to try and make my mark. And the season was difficult because, in the end, the, the team got relegated out of the championship. It was a difficult year for us. Uh, the manager who signed me got sacked in December, unfortunately, and Lenny Lawrence came in. But it, it was it was a step, two steps forward for me. I'd played about thirty games, um, but just when I got up there, we got knocked back down again. But um, I just wanted to try and establish myself, and it took me a bit of time to be honest. I probably didn't produce my best football but the team was struggling as well. But if I look at my own personal performance, I probably didn't um, play as well as I'd have liked. Two of the, the players I want to ask you about are Kelvin Davis and Steve Davis as well. What were they like? Because Steve's a character, as, as we all know, and, 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 and Kelvin, he's someone who's, who's played in the Premier League as a goalkeeper throughout his career, um, yeah. which is, again, testament to him. Yeah, it was, you know, Kelvin was a young lad then. He, he he didn't get into the first team until probably a couple of years later. So he was a young player coming through, young goalkeeper. Great character, great lad. I actually spoke to him about three or four weeks ago, actually, um, for the first time in years, to be honest. He called me out of the blue, which was great. But, um, yeah, he turned into a fantastic... He had a brilliant career as well, you know, as a goalkeeper. Steve was a real close friend of mine. I think we... I think, to be fair, I was speaking to him a couple of nights ago, actually. And, in fact, actually... Uh, in this lockdown, everyone's clearing out the house, aren't they? In their garage and their attics and everything. And I found a couple of old pictures, and I found one of me and him on. I think it was the first day of pre-season at Luton because we signed about the same day. And um, you know, I, I sent him the picture on which we we had a chuckle at. But uh, I think we signed on the same day, stayed in the hotel at the same time. I moved into house first, so he came to live with me and my, my missus, and, and um, you know, we were really really close mates, and then. Um, he left to go to Burnley and, went, and I left two two months later and he tried to get me to come to Burnley with, and I spoke to Burnley at the time and everything and then eventually when I did get to Burnley later on he had a big part to play he was a coach there and everything so and then I brought him in at Fleetwood as my chief scout so yeah we've had a real strong connection since what you're looking at 25 years really with, with Stephen he was a fantastic player fantastic player as a centre-half you know you it was unbelievable how he, he didn't, unfortunately, play at the in the top division. And it was, it was probably the the reason I probably didn't get there earlier. It was a little lack of pace. I don't think either of us had that pace to to make that next step. Um, but as a player, as a centre half, he, he had absolutely everything apart from that. Probably yard of yard of pace. But um, the only thing I did, I, I used to love playing next to centre as a fullback. It, in a selfish point of view, I used to love playing next to centre-halves who 
were quite, and I'll say this with a great respect, basic on the ball. So they would just go, here you go, Grez, give it to me. Whereas Steve was the opposite. He was a fantastic ball player and would never really pass it to me. He'd go off on these mazy dribbles and he'd be hitting diags and dropping it into strikers' feet and punching it through the line. So I used to play next to him and, and hardly touch the ball. And, and I used to get frustrated with him. And I, it was, um, I, but I used to just marvel at how good he was. And he was a goal-scoring centre. You know, you see him go on these 40, 50-yard mazes through the teams, one-twos on the edge of the box and stroking the net. And I've never seen a centre-half play like that really before. And, um, yeah, he was... Fantastic player, and uh, I feel really privileged that I played with him. You know, he, he, then I played under him as a as a coach, and his his one time as a as the manager, caretaker manager at Burnley when we played Leicester, and, and we won. He was the caretaker manager. And I played. I, I'm sure I was captain on the day as well. So, you know, and then obviously we got to the Premier League uh, at Burnley together, and obviously worked together later in as me as a manager and him as my chief scout. So, yeah, it was. It, from that you know brief beginning, you know we we've had a uh, 25 years of of working alongside each other and playing alongside each other. And he's a fantastic lad. In terms of Luton, what was it like playing at Kenilworth Road? It's a an iconic venue, and in particular, I want to talk about the 96-97 season. The club finishes third in the old second division. Ultimately, was not getting promoted. One of the big disappointments of the time at Luton because you had some team. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a big, you know. Obviously, we came down the year before, but I think we sold on a couple of players who were worth money. You know, Luton, you know, it's not the biggest club, so it had to generate its own funds. So we we sold a couple of the 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 younger players. You know, Scott Oakes, I think, remember going that were worth a lot of money, but there was still the experienced players kept on, and and the ones that were hungry, and um, and we had a really good season. It was it, it was a killer at the end because we. We were competing for the top two all season. Um, and then we just... Stockport had an amazing cup run that year and they had loads of games in hand. And we thought, actually, probably three or four games, they're going to have to win every single one of them to, to get above us. And, and they did. <laughs> and uh, just knocked us into third and we got into the playoffs. And, you know, we played crew and um, we'd actually beat them 6-1 in the league, you know, earlier in the season. And we just we felt that we... We were the better team, and we finished above them. But they they beat us in the semi-finals, and it it was it was a killer, really. You know, it was it was devastating because you know we wanted obviously get back to the championship, and I established myself as a you know a week in week out player. You know, I think I played a lot of games that season, and um, yeah, it was a, it probably it was probably a turning point in Luton's sort of stage then because if we got promoted, I think we could have took a step forward and carried on. But because we didn't, I think another few players got sold, you know, and gradually over the next couple of years, maybe 18 months, anyone who played well and and worth a bit of money probably went and got sold. And it was never going to, you know, we were never going to get that promotion into the championship without those players, unfortunately. So, yeah, that was the the one big chance we had in my time there to, to actually get into back into the championship and and um, and go from there. So it was it was a big blow not to not to go up that year. A big blow, and again, continually working hard, just unable to make that final step. You then get the move to Preston North End under David Moyes, and with Preston, you make that step from League One into the Championship, and then the next season comes so close to getting to the Premier League in the playoffs. 
just what was it like working under David and what was life like at Preston in those first few years? Because you had a team that really should have got to the Premier League and were so unlucky to miss out. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I think by the time I, I entered into my last year, my final year at Luton, and um, I, know, I think I was 26, uh, I, like I said, I've seen all the players leaving, the, the players that, that would make us successful. And, and I, I just felt that I hadn't played at the level that I felt I could. And if I didn't try to make that move in that next 12 months, then I think my time would have passed me by. So I spoke to the manager. I said, look, I'm, you know, they'd offered me a contract you know, 12 months before. And I said, look, I'm not going to sign a contract at all. I need to let my contract run out, go on a Bosman and and see if anyone from a high level will take me. And um, it got towards the end. It was March, you know, the old deadline day. And uh, Preston uh, contacted Luton and I, I met David Moyes. And um, it was exactly what I needed at that stage of my career. He didn't... He didn't um, blow smoke up my backside. He, he told me where I needed to improve, what I wasn't quite good at, but what he could help me with, but also how my attributes would fit into his team and, and how he, you know, the, 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 the club of Preston was growing then. Because I'd played against Preston quite a lot in Scunthorpe and Luton, but, and it wasn't the club what it is now. It was in the fourth division, the, the ground wasn't great. They had the plastic pitch for a couple of years. So, I'll be honest, when, when they first come, I was actually disappointed. I, so I, I thought I'd get a better move. You know, I thought there'd be clubs better in, or higher up that would be interested. Um, but David Moyes was the made me sign for Preston North End, without a doubt. I spoke to Burnley at the time as well, because, like I say, Steve Davis had gone there two months before, and, and the, the thought of playing next to Steve again would have been great, and the deal was great and everything. But I just felt at that stage of my career, I needed someone like David Moyes to to sort of give me that lift that I needed to, to go to the next level. And I went there, we, we actually failed in the playoffs again in that in my first little period. But the next season, we won League One, um, which was brilliant. It was the first time I'd achieved anything in my, in my career. I was 27, it played every single game. I was fitter than I ever thought I could be. I was, I was playing the position I wanted to play at right back. He certainly improved the things that, I needed to to play at a high level, and um, it, it was the perfect move for me. Perfect move for me, and, and it was a sliding doors moment for me in my career. That you know, um, go go into Preston at that time. If I, if I hadn't made that move to that club under that manager at that time, then I think my career would have turned out a little bit differently. But um, it was a it was a it was a brilliant time, and obviously then the, the year after that we got promoted to the championship, and then we got to the player final that year as well. You know, so. We were one game away from a double promotion from League One to the Premier League and um, we came up against a vastly experienced and, and quality team in Bolton, you know, full of experienced internationals, you know, people like Colin Hendry and so forth. And um, unfortunately, they beat us at, at the millennium it was then. And um, it was devastating because, you know, you know, in the space of 12 months, going from League One to being a, a Premier League club and Premier League team would have been fantastic. But... Uh, on the day they were better than us and over the year they were better than us. But for what we'd done in that, that two-year period, you know, we, when you look at the three teams that got promoted that year, it was Bolton, Blackburn and Fulham. And I think all three of those clubs stayed in the Premier League for the next eight years, which is pretty much unheard of. You know, it's always a struggle, but they eight years those clubs. And we finished, you know, just behind them. And it, we were a very good team. We were a team that 
didn't have a lot of names at that level. You know, we 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 didn't have many changes from the team that won the League One to the, went to the Championship. But we had an unshakable belief in in what we were, what we could achieve. We were hungry. We were hungry for that level and success. And we probably underestimated a little bit by the teams because we weren't full of you know international names and, and high profile names. But we were good players, and we were certainly a good team with a with a fantastic manager. And um, yeah, it's a, it a brilliant period in my career. I really I really enjoyed it. Two players I want to ask you about in particular. First of all, um, John Mackin. In the League One season, he was on fire and obviously he moved to Man City and you could argue it didn't work out as many people thought it would, but what a finisher he was. Yeah, he, he was he was superb. I played against him the previous year when I was at Luton and he was a handful, he was strong, he was he was aggressive, but probably didn't have that end product. Um, but I could see when I, when I joined Preston the amount of work that the gaffer was doing those. He did it with every player, really. He did a lot of individual work or unit work and tried to improve every individual. And he would take what you weren't, what was holding you back from the next level and he would try to improve it. And with John, it was the, it was the putting the ball in the back of the net on a regular occurrence. And um, once he got into the groove, you know, in that season that we won League One, he, he was by far the best centre forward at that level. He was... Built like Mark Hughes, you know, really broad and wide, get it into his feet, turn people. But he was lethal in front of goal, and um, he he was a he was a great player to as a person who wanted to punch the ball through lines and get it into strikers' feet. He was great for that, you know, around the box, and he, he was a great striker to play with. Worked his top uh, his socks off for the team, very uh, which everyone at Preston did. If if you didn't, that's it. You didn't last at Preston, to be honest. So. Uh, he was a great lad, and when we went to the championship, he had another great year again and scored some. I mean, he actually scored against Man City from about forty-five yards out in one game at Deep. I was, I think it was the best goal I've ever been on the pitch for. It just he just turned and hit it from forty-five yards, fifty foot in the air, dropped under the crossbar. It was it was live on TV. It was like, who's even thinking of shooting from there? It was a ridiculous shot, and there. Uh, and I think he put him on the map for Man City. You know, he's a Manchester boy anyway, but started at United. And, you know, after that season, when we got to the playoff final, a few of our players were coveted by the clubs, certainly the younger ones, John Mack and Sean Gregan, people like that. And um, without us getting that next step into the Premier League, it was difficult for Preston to hold on to these players, unfortunately. And it was always a case of, in, we got to a playoff final and we got to playoffs the. Uh, I think the year after maybe or the year after that and we always lost one or two players uh, you know to the Premier League and, and frustrating for for us not to be able to keep on to them I could understand why now but to not keep hold of them and add to it and make that final step into the Premier League was the probably the, the only frustration I had from the time at Preston but I could understand we weren't the biggest club at that level at the time and um, we had to compete on on a financial level and on the pitch. But, um, yeah, John John was a fantastic striker to play with. Having worked with David Moyes, having had said that he was a great manager for you and the club, were you, I'm assuming you weren't surprised at all to see what he went on to achieve with Everton and eventually no. earning the Manchester United job, albeit maybe it didn't work out the way he wanted, but to even earn that job just sums up that you must be highly regarded in football. Yeah, we, we all knew how highly he, thought, he was thought of throughout the game. You know, I think there'd been 
a few approaches for him, you know, um, in the probably previous 12 months before he left for Everton and, you know, he'd turned them down or, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't bear fruit for whatever reason. You're quite, you're quite in the background as a player. You don't have the all the information and so forth. But um, we knew how good he was, you know, how good he was with us. And um, we were, dev- you know, we were devastated when he left and went to Everton. I'll be honest, you know, we thought that was our, our best opportunity of getting to the Premier League, sort of, that put us back backwards without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but to what success he had at Everton, it wasn't a surprise to, to any of us, really, because we knew how, how good he was at his job, how good he was at getting the team ready, how good he was at improving individual players. And, um, and uh, yeah, and then, obviously, when he did get the, the Man United job all, all those years later, um, it was almost like, it was the job that he was always destined for. You know, that's that's what we felt, the, the players that played under him. Um, and he certainly got the rough end of the stick, you know, by by uh, you know by the end, you know, nine months trying to sort of follow after Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, nine months, as it's been proved, was certainly never going to be long enough. You know, it was a, it was a, a massive job and um, you need time, but, you know, we're all gutted for him when when it didn't quite work out as well as, you know, any of us would would have expected it to, and cer- certainly the gaffer, you know. And um, but without a shadow of a doubt, he's he's the best manager I've I've played under. In terms of Mo- David Moyes, he goes on to to get the Everton job. Craig Brown comes in at Preston, yeah. a big character in Scottish football. I've interviewed Craig, very big personality. What was he like as a manager? And I know this player I'm about to ask you was only there for a short time, but what was Craig Burley like? Was he as much of a mourner as, as Craig Brown and many others paint him out to be? Uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he, was he was a good character, uh, Craig. You know, he was, um, we, you know uh, Craig Brown came in and um, I thought it was a, a great coup for the, for the club, really, you know, to, to get you know, an international manager of Craig Brown standing and coming into us and um, it didn't quite work out over those two years, you know, as well as we'd all hoped, you know, because we didn't really compete at the top end of the championship and we, and we should have really and probably it, it, down to the players really, we, the, the squad that we had was fantastic and he certainly knew how to, how to pick a player and find a player. Um, and, but we had a lot of um, Scotland internationals coming in on loan, you know, uh, like to Billy McKinley, Craig Burley, Scott Gemmell, Jonathan Gould, people like that, and Brian O'Neill. He signed some um, fantastic players, and but Craig Craig was a, a funny guy and a real good character, but um, didn't probably play as much as he'd have liked to coming in. But um, we, we brought in a lot, you know, Colin Hendry before Kevin Gallagher came as well. So there was quite there was quite a lot of the Scots. Preston's always had a real strong connection with Scotland, and there was a lot of. Um, good players that came to Preston at the time because Preston was a I felt a real um, had a good look about it you know we did things right we we competed at the top end the ground was superb at, at that time as well you know deep down and, and um, I think it was a good proposition for players to that, uh, to come and, and, and try and be successful so we, we attracted a lot of good players at that time and um, and certainly certainly the squad that, that Craig Brown built um, you know, the success came after he left, unfortunately. But the 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 full the fulcrum of that squad was basically um, built from through Craig. 
One of the things that always impressed me with that era of Preston under Craig and then Billy Davis is that you always seem to have a, a really solid defence, but you always had a really exciting striker. You had Ricardo Fuller, you had David yeah. Healy, you also had Brett Ormerod who was there, and um, you had others as well. Um, Patrick Agamang was another player that was there at the time. David Nugent coming through as a young player. What were they like to play with? Because the, Preston were always a team that could hold their own defensively, but they always had a, a flair player and a striker who would get a goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was there was other Richard Creswell who, who played for us there, who was a quality player for us as well. So we had we had some I think I think yeah, that's a, a good description really. We always had good characters and, and good strength through the team and, and we worked hard on the, the defensive side of it and being difficult to beat. And I think the crowd helped us certainly a deep down with that as well. Um but we we always had an eye, like you say, I think the club for for those players who the match winners, the who had the the quality of the end product, and and they were probably just underneath the top level, but you know at the the right age, at the right price, we we had a real good record, press north end of of getting those players. You know, certainly you know in the case of Dave Nugent, you know we we signed him from Bury for I think hundred grand, and you know and he was unknown really, but the, the first day he came in, you, you know you could just see his quality, and you know a few years later it was the club selling him for six million pounds, so. You know, we had, you know, some... It, it was great to play with those players, you know, because you, whenever you went into games and you looked around the change room, you knew you had the the work ethic, the discipline um, and, and the intelligence and the physical capabilities of keeping clean sheets and being hard to beat. But then you'd look at the quality players that we had to win games and, and we always had that threat at Preston and we could always attract that threat to us. And, um, you know, but they had to buy into what Preston North End was and it was a... It was a club that knew its identity, was honest, was hard working and and um but was confident in itself. So we, we didn't have many idiots that came to us. You know, I, I was there in my first battle for eight years and I can't remember any anyone being a, an idiot that was actually successful there. They they pretty much came and went quite quickly and you were left with the the winners, the the the, the professionals and the and the hard workers and, and that's what that I felt was the key behind Preston's success over all those years, and and um, but we just never got that made that final step into the Premier League. And that's the the biggest, the only frustration I would say from my time at, at Preston as a, as a player was we never just took that final step into the Premier League, even though we were so close on quite a few occasions. You mentioned those first eight years, over four hundred appearances, club captain, getting into the Championship Team of the Year. You were linked with many moves. Crystal Palace was one of the teams that were really interested in you. Was that ever close? And how did the move to Burnley ultimately come about? Yeah, there was um, there was a couple of times before the Crystal Palace one. I think um, it was uh, I, I was coming out of contracts, and uh, you know, you're in your thirties, and obviously, you know, people, you know, it's you, you're almost seen as you pass your sell-by date after the age of thirty. And uh, contracts sometimes can can um, reflect that, or con- contract offers, I should say. And 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 there was sometimes where I represented myself. I didn't have an agent, and uh, you know I, I felt quite comfortable going in to, to see the the chairman, or whoever it was at the time, to to discuss my own contracts. And I, I felt I knew, you know, Preston knew me very well because I I'd been there for quite a few years and. Um, 
but I knew what my worth was to the club. I was never expecting to be at the top end. I was at the end of the day, I was a fullback, so I knew where I was in the pay scale. But I was, you know, a senior player. I was reliable. I played fifty games a season. And there was a couple of times uh, when Craig Brown was a manager when the contract was running out, and it was nothing to do with Craig. I was actually speaking to the people in charge at Preston. The, the first couple of offers were quite very much uh, uh, game-related and everything, and I felt they were unfair. So, um, uh, you know, I felt my contract was going to run out, and a couple of clubs came in, came for me at that time, uh, West Ham, Portsmouth. Um, but I wanted to sign, sign at Preston, and we managed to work out contracts there. So I never, ever wanted to leave Preston, so I stayed then, and then Crystal Palace came in for me the year before I left. Um, but then again, you know, we saw it out of contract with Preston. And I stayed, and that was great. I didn't want to do it. And then the year after that, Burnley did, but we came to an impasse on my, on my contract. Couldn't agree an extension. I'd been there eight years, 400 games, you know, 50 games a season. And uh, I got an offer of a two year contract from Burnley. And I just, I was, I think I was just about to turn 35. Preston signed a young right back in Billy Jones from Crew, who's a fantastic young right back as well. And um, I was I was probably just preempting what would happen in twelve months' time when my contract ran out, really. And you know, I spoke to him about extending my contract. You know, I didn't want a penny more or anything like that. I just want to extend my contract another year, make it ten years. Um, you know, have another two years at least championship football. Try my hardest to get Preston into the Premier League. You know, that previous season, we were top up until January, you know, and um, that was it. But, you know, uh, it transpired that the the contract offer wasn't going to be there or not at that stage. Burnley were offered me a two-year contract. And um, at that stage in my career, I, I wanted to extend my, my playing days. Um, I felt really fit. I was a Scotland international. I felt that I had still a lot to give. And... Um, but the, the the manager probably didn't feel that as much at, at the time, and and um, it was agreed that I moved on to Burnley, and you know the the fee that Burnley offered, you know, was quite uh, a considerable amount for a thirty five year old. Um, so I felt Burnley were showing a lot of faith in me as well to to offer me that. But it was a, it was a massive wrench to leave Preston. I it, I, I didn't want to go. Um, even though it ultimately it was my decision, I didn't want to go. My family didn't want me to go. Um, my close friends didn't want me to go. But um, I felt professionally that I had to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I made the move. You had a really good career, Graham. A really, really good career in, in, in the chat steady. You played in the Championship, Premier League. But I hope you don't mind me saying this. I think the move to Burnley and the way things worked at Burnley is what earned you even more respect. And maybe earned you, I would say, the respect you deserved. Because you go there at 35, when the club gets promoted, obviously you go under Costro, then Owen Coyle comes in, things change, Steve Davis, the first team coach. In the season when they're promoted, bearing in mind you're 37 years old, you play all 61 games that season, and you play at Wembley when the club goes up. I mean, there's not many 37-year-olds that could play at that level. I recently spoke to, to Barry Ferguson, and he said, loved playing in England, but when it got to playing in the Championship, three games a week, three games a week, three games a week, can be quite tasking. He was talking about when he was 35, 36. Just how did you manage to do that at the age of 37? Because it's quite remarkable. Yeah, I played five games for Scotland that season as well. So I actually played 66 games that season. So, um, 
Yeah, it's, do you know what? It was, um, like I say, I think, I think when, when I moved to Preston, David Moyes turned me into a professional, or should have been for years, and, and how to push myself and train and be fit. And, and when I got into my 30s, I just wanted to play football. I loved playing football, and I did everything I could to extend my career and stay as fit as I could. And um, you know, when I went to, to Burnley, you know, I, that was when I changed my position. You know, I, I went and Steve Cottrell signed me. And as soon as I signed, he said, look, I'm going to play as a central midfield. And he hadn't mentioned any of this before. And I was like, right, okay. And um, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll see how that goes. And it went quite well. But unfortunately, the right back got injured. And I ended up going back to right back. And, and I could see, my, you know, I wasn't going to play at a higher level for much longer in that position. So I was quite hankering for back in that midfield role, but it didn't happen until the following season. Obviously, Aaron Cole came in and um, and uh, we started off the season really badly in the first two games. And then uh, I was playing right back in those first two games. We got pumped in both games. And then he moved me into centre midfield, just in front of the back four, just screen the midfield, uh, screen the back four, get on the ball. And I just felt so at home there. And, and fortunately enough, the results continued. And, and, and do you know what? It was, if I go back to a conversation that earlier on in that season, we, we had a cup game that season. And uh, on the following Saturday, we had Preston North End. And, and I remember Owen coming to me on the Monday. I can't remember who the cup game was against on Tuesday. He said, look, I'm thinking about Reshny. It's a big, big game on Saturday in the league against Preston. And your former club as well. And he goes, what do you think? And I, and I just said to him, I said, look, I can never justify me. I can never say to a manager, I don't want to play in a game of football. I'll never, ever say, those words will never come out of my mouth, ever. I said, if you make the decision, then you're the manager. I goes, but I will never, ever pull myself out of a game of football. I can't do it. You know what I mean? A little bit superstitious, you know, you know, tempting fate. You know, you never know when your last game is. And, and I just wanted to play football. I love playing football. So, and to be fair, Owen was great. I played in that cup game the next night and I never missed a game under, under Owen. You know, and he, he never, never talked about my age, never talked about anything else apart from foot, uh, performance. And if I performed right, I was in the team. And, and, and that, that for me, you know, I'd, I'd had a couple of managers before that talking about resting me and they did rest me. Certainly when I went away with Scotland uh, and came back to, to my club, uh, at Preston and under Billy it was to be fair I, I, I very rarely played that game that next game and and that was so frustrating for me because I knew I was fit I knew I could do it and uh, but Owen Cole really believed in me that I could do that and, and, and the, the proof was in the pudding because he picked me every week and it was a brilliant team to play in you know I lo- it, you won't get a player that played in that team that didn't think that was if not the, the best year he, he enjoyed his football. You know, the, the players, we, we had a brilliant atmosphere, brilliant uh, team ethic. The training was fun. Uh, Owen, as the manager, was, was great fun. Really believed in his players. Um, and we had such a small group of players and, and compact. It was a fantastic 12 months. And, you know, to, it was, I think it was me and Robbie Blake played every single game that, that season. And... Uh, I was get devastated towards the end. I think it was the last month. I think I came off in two of the games towards the end of the game, and I, I was devastated and I was I was grumpy and moody because I wanted to play every single minute of every game. Um, but you know, I managed to play all the games, and uh, I, I think I was used to it. You know, I, 
you know, I can understand Barry, you know, I play, I play with Baz, you know, for Scotland, fantastic player. Um, but, you know, playing in Scotland for so long, then obviously playing in the Premier League, you don't play every single midweek. Um, so to play, to drop into the championship at that uh, certain age and then play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for 10 months, I could see how it would be a shock to his system, you know, with, with Fergie, to be fair. Um, but I was used to it. You know, I'd done it for previous probably 15 years. Um, so I was conditioned to do that. I'd, I did notice, I, w- I would say, when, I, when we got to the Premier League now, I probably I dropped from 60-odd games to 30-odd games because we were, we were only playing, you know, every Saturday. And then when we got relegated, I dropped into the Championship the year after. It hit me hard playing Saturday, Tuesday. There's a, I say it hit me hard. I was 39 at the time as well. So, you know, I've got to balance it up. You know, I, was, I think anything would have hit me hard at that time. But it certainly came as a shock to the system playing Premier League football and every Saturday to go back to the Championship playing Saturday, Tuesday again. I, I certainly, I certainly re- recognise the difference. I've got to ask you in a light-hearted note about Owen Coyle. Gets the club promoted. Wade Elliott with a goal at Wembley. Incredible yeah. celebrations. But did he ever try and get you in, involved in his love of Iron Brew? <laughs> yeah. He, do you know what? It, it was mad because we had, we had a, a great way. We had these, these games and, and shooting competitions. And if you lost, you had to bring in you know, some cakes on a Friday or then it would be Iron Brew. And, you know, and, the, and they'd all be stashed away in the fridge. And, you know, the gaffer didn't drink alcohol, you know, so he, he always had a, it was either that or, or Coke and uh, Coca-Cola, I should say. And then, um, you know, so it was, it was, it was part of the, the team spirit and the team building, you know, and, and he was all joined in because he joined in training a lot of the time as well, nearly every week, really. And um, so he loved the banter with the, with the players and the boys and, you know, and, and the donuts, you know, coming in on a Friday, you know, from the losing team the week before, then the shooting comp was the fizzy drinks, and yeah, he was he always had the iron brew going. And um, to be fair, it's a nice drink to be fair as well. And uh, it was uh, it was it was all part of it, you know. And that, and that sort of you know, if we meet up or we speak to the players, we all talk about those little things. And you know, you could tell a million stories of of that two year period and under Owen. And um, he certainly knew how to to make a, a player and a team feel comfortable. You know, I remember going into that playoff final. You know, where everything was riding on that final game and just going into it as if it was just a normal game of football, which, uh, you know, I'd experienced those games previously, you know, and, you know, they're massive games with massive stakes, you know, and, and to be fair, he actually hid away from the players how much it meant to Burnley because Burnley were under massive financial trouble at the time, which we didn't know about. And if we hadn't won that game, I think it, the club would have been in big difficulty, but... You know, he kept that away from us and obviously we won the final and we just felt really comfortable and confident going into it. And that goes down to, to Owen's uh, management skills. And, um, but yeah, he loved his, he loved his pop and um, he, just, he just wanted every day to be, you know, a good day and an enjoyable day. And he felt that that was the best way of getting a performance out of players and, and he certainly knew how to do that. He certainly did and, and the club gets promoted Getting to the Premier League at that age, Graham, 38, 37-38, what was that like? And, and in terms of the Premier League, you obviously with Burnley that season, you had the moment of beating Man United with the Robbie Blake goal. You scored a fair few amount of goals, seven Premier League goals in total. Scored against Sunderland for your first ever Premier League goal. 
and the other thing I want to talk to you about is your style of penalty kick as well. I know that's a very long-winded question, but what was it like getting to the Premier League, the memories, and scoring the penalties as well? Yeah, I mean, first of all, getting to the Premier League was... I remember going into the final and um, my contract was running out, you know, straight after it and, and no one from the club had spoke to me, you know, about it all and I pretty much left it as it was. But I, was, I remember going into the game thinking, well, we could win this game and I could get released tomorrow. And I, and I, know, I know I don't make, make the next step. But I had trust in the manager, you know, if, if we won, that he would see value in me and go go there. So, you know, I remember speaking to him after the game. But the thing was... I think there was a lot of talk about Celtic coming in for him and, and a lot of speculation about him going to, to Celtic straight after the, the, the final. I was thinking, well, if he leaves now and a new manager comes in, I'm 37 years old, we're going to the Premier League, he might not want me. So I'm like, so I'm pulling the, ga- the gaffer, you know, saying, look, what about Conte? You know, as long as I'm here, you'll be here. I was going, yeah, but how long are you going to be here for? You know, so it was, um, it was a bit of a concerning time. I, I was desperate to play in the Premier League. You know, I'd, I was 37, like you said, been a player for 20 years and I hadn't played at that level. I got a taste for it by playing for Scotland, playing in all the big games and against big opponents. And I, and I wanted to experience that stage, you know, all the Old Traffords, Anfields, all those grounds that I hadn't played at. And um, so anyway, we obviously got my contract sorted and, and unfortunately Stevie Colwell, the, cap, uh, the captain at the time, was injured during pre-season. So I ended up captaining the team for the majority of that season because I was vice-captain. So leading the team out in the first game of the season for the Burnley's first ever league game was um, quite a momentous occasion. Felt a real proud man there. But I didn't, um, I didn't consider myself as a Premier League player until I kicked the ball and passed the ball. So I made sure the kick-off of that game came back to me. So the lads who get, I said, give me the ball. And I played off. And that's only when I got the ball and played it off that I thought, right, I've played in the Premier League. and um, But then you want to win. Obviously, the, you want to be successful. We, we got beat in the first game and we'd pretty much been wrote off by everybody anyway. We had pretty much the same squad. But then we played Man United who were the reigning champions in our first game at Old Trafford. Uh, sorry, at Turf Moor. Beat them 1-0 with Blakey's brilliant goal, fantastic goal. And it was like, oh, actually Burnley can, can compete. And... Uh, and then we beat Everton three days later. Dave Moyes is the manager, and um, you know, so you know, after three games, we'd beat Man United at Everton, and I think people actually thought, actually, they might be good. They might be okay, but they might be decent. And if the season before, we actually got to the Carling Cup semi-finals as well, which people and even I forget about it sometimes. And um, you know, we'd beat Chelsea, Fulham, Arsenal, and Tottenham in one of the legs getting there. So we knew we were a good team and we knew certainly at Turf Moor we could, we could beat anyone and, and that, those two results proved that. And, um, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was brilliant to be playing in, the, in these games and playing against these opponents. You know, I remember walking out against Man United and I'm leading the team out next to Ryan Giggs who's leading Man United out and then I'm leading the team out against Everton and I think Phil Neville was the captain going out. So it's, you know, as time goes by, you, you end up working under these people. But you know, to play against these players was a big thing. I, you know, and I wanted to prove myself that I could play at that level. I wanted to prove, and I wanted to prove people right as well. Because it's not only about proving the people wrong who maybe didn't think you were good enough, but actually proving people right who did think you were good enough to play at that level. And that that was a, a great thing. And um, you know, unfortunately, at the end, we we didn't achieve what we wanted to do. But playing it against these teams and 
you know, scored my first Premier League goal was against Craig Gordon, who, were, you know, for Sunderland, who, you know, I knew Craig, you know, I played with Craig um, quite, quite, in quite a few games and uh, for Scotland, you know, and, um, you know, scoring against Man City, scoring against Arsenal in, in, that, in that league uh, campaign was, it was brilliant. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I could appreciate it because I was 37. It gave me a taste of, I wish I was 27 and could have 10 years of this. Uh, but I knew that wasn't going to be the case. So I made sure I just competed in every game, wanted to do my best for, for the team. But um, I sucked it all up and enjoyed it because I, I knew I wasn't going to have another five, ten years of it. So, uh, But unfortunately, it's a bit, bit of taste, you know, that we, that we didn't manage to stay up. That's the only thing that was frustrating for, from my perspective. As I say, you, you don't stay up. On the personal perspective, you score a, a fair few Premier League goals. As I say, with the oh, penalty yeah. technique, what was that like? Yeah. Because it's very, very unusual technique, but a very successful one. Yeah, it just came out of necessity, really. I think um, I'd started taking penalties early in my career. Um, if I go back to my first year at Scunthorpe, we got to play a final at the old Wembley, and it went to penalties, and I actually missed. I think I was 19 at the time, and we didn't go up. Keeper saved it, and it always gave me a, a hunger and a thirst to take penalties because I wanted a prove that I could do it. You know, it was that inside me that it was always there and it's still there. I'm devastated that I missed that penalty and cost my team promotion back in 1992. But it gave me a, a thirst to, to score penalties and like a go back, having a free shot of goal and scoring goals is a great thrill. And I wanted to, I wanted to score goals. So when it, it really took off at Preston really and, you know, David Moyes made me the, the penalty taker and had this technique that I, it was a straight run up but I was at inside of my foot, just get it inside the post. But as I took more and more penalties, obviously, uh, goalkeepers, he's going this way, going this way. So I had to come up with other techniques to try and keep that same run-up. That run-up suited that 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 uh, penalty to the inside of the foot, just inside the, the goalkeeper's right-hand post. But as, as I took more and more, I had to come up with a penalty that went the other side. But it was very difficult to take that penalty with a straight run-up and I didn't want to change my run-up so I didn't want to give the goalkeeper any indication of which side I was going so it took a lot of practice to get to that and um, it basically started with the technique to hit it straight down the middle with the top of my foot and then I tried to have the same run-up and just have a bit of fade on it to make it go off to the other side so it, it took a lot of practice and a lot of practice to get it and in the end I could made, manage to keep that dead straight run-up and go either so the keeper's right, straight down the middle, or the keeper's left. And um, yeah, I, I've never seen anyone else take it like that, really. It wasn't something I, I came up with overnight and thought this would be something different. It just sort of came over out of necessity of taking a lot of penalties and then having to find a, a, a penalty that ended up in a different part of the goal, really. But as long as it got past the keeper, that was the main thing. So um, it was good because there was a lot of pressure on them and, and I, I sort of... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I enjoyed that pressure because, I, you know, I was nervous on all my penalties because I felt the expectancy of my teammates and my club because I had a good record that when a penalty came, it almost became, oh, that's a goal. And I felt that pressure. You know, it was almost, it wasn't, oh, I hope he scores. It was like, right, he's going to score and then we'll go back. And that sort of built up the pressure within inside me that it was an expectancy to score after that. Um, so... Even sometimes, you know, people sort of, oh, you, you look quite cool going up to a penalty. Inside, I was churning up because, uh, you know, I knew the 
what the the repercussions are worth missing, and uh, I didn't I didn't want to let anyone down. So um, it was good. I scored a lot of goals through 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 penalties and won a lot of games through penalties, and obviously took some big penalties, certainly in the promotion winning season in the in the semi final, and obviously then going into Premier League in some big games and. Um, like I said, I, I relished the pressure. I didn't enjoy it, but I relished the, the challenge of, of putting myself on the spot and just me and the goalkeeper, and, and that was it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good. The season Burnley get relegated from the Premier League, you had Brian Laws as the manager, Stuart Gray, Eddie Howe. Was that sort of upheaval? Is that something, especially as an experienced player, that's not ideal because you've got your set way of working, you know how you're prolonging your career and staying at a high standard, and naturally every manager comes in with different ideas and new plans yeah i think i think every every manager that comes in and follows a, another manager has his own ways of doing things it's 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 just natural really to be honest and but you know i, th- I thought owen call was quite unique from any other manager i'd worked with and and any any manager coming in after that would would certainly do it in a different way but when you've had success under that way it's difficult to then get the players to buy into a different way so I think that was, and and we were fighting and scrapping for every point at that stage, and and we'd probably just entered a real difficult period of results anyway. So it, it wasn't overnight when Owen left, um, but it's certainly a big blow to us because you know he had such trust in us, and we had a certain way of working, and um, and and Brian came in at a real difficult time, um, and in difficult circumstances as well. As well, but he'd had success at his previous clubs, and um, but if you don't get off to a good start and uh, you're in a difficult period, it's very difficult for for everyone to get beliefs in in that way of working, and and that's how it transpired. And we end up getting relegated out of the Premier League. We had a, a decent decent enough start the next year in the Championship, but the expectancy from the previous year in the Championship at Burnley, when basically I think. The club would have been happy with top ten um, the previous seasons of Premier League, but we've been in the pre- winning promotion, then being in the Premier League, coming back into the Championship. The expectancy was then top two, and um, we weren't there. And unfortunately, Brian lost his job. Um, Eddie came in, Eddie Howe, and uh, who'd done a, a fantastic job at Bournemouth, um, and it was another change again, and. Uh, I think he saw the, you know, and that was probably the end of my Burnley career then, the the, the day he walked in really, because I was captain at the time, playing most weeks, not every week. Um, but he, he came in and he wanted his own ideas and and he, he and when I look at it now, I disagreed with it at the time, certainly because it involved me, <laughs> you know, not playing, not being picked. But I can certainly... Um, uh, recognise what he had to do at that particular time and change uh, the squad and certain players. And me being the most senior, I think I was 38, 39 at the time. Uh, I was captain um, and a big part of the team from the past. Then I could see why he didn't play me at all. And it was a difficult period for, for, for me because... I've obviously been a cap. I was captain of the club. I was been a big part of it. I was. I'm not sure how many games. But probably 10, 10, 15 games short of the thousand game mark. Um, 
and then all of a sudden I was straight out of the team and, and not starting a game at all. And I, I never started a game from the day Eddie walked in to, to when I left. Um, and, and I had some conversation with Eddie, you know, that look, I was I was always a player. He, he couldn't understand how I wouldn't give up playing every week, considering my age. You know, I, you know, look at the bigger picture, you're 39, you know, um, expecting to play every week is un, unrealistic, but I couldn't let go of that animal inside me and that, that notion to fight for my place every single, every single week. And um, I wouldn't say our, our, our relationship was particularly healthy at the time. I would, I would think he would have liked me to have left straight away. I wanted to leave because I knew that I wasn't going to play under him. But there was also, I think, a, a will from the club at the time because I was so close to a thousand games that they wanted me to play a thousand, the thousandth game at Burnley at the time. And I think that it put Eddie in a difficult position, put me in a difficult position. And, you know what I mean? And, and the rest of that season was a real frustrating time, but I did eventually play my thousandth game um, at Turf Moor for Burnley. And I, I'm, I look back now and I'm glad I did. And it wasn't just on loan at some other club that I hadn't played for before and so forth. And I'm glad I did it at Turf Moor because um, I'd had such a great time at Turf Moor. But it was a difficult time for me in, in my career that time. Not not being picked, not playing every week. And knowing that I was never going to get picked was the the hardest thing. It was the hardest thing ever for me. And I'm sure it was it was difficult for Eddie. I think it would have been easier for him to go, yeah, here you go, go out alone. And that's what I wanted to do. But circumstances... Uh, made it difficult for that. Was returning to Preston in a way the perfect way to end your career and come full circle in many ways? Yeah, hundred percent, without a doubt. You know, I, I knew uh, I I wanted to play as long as I could. I really did. But I um, when I came to I, I left Burnley. Uh, I still actually had a year on my contract there, but as more as a, based on uh, appearances and being a coach, but. Um, the, the role they could find me wasn't wasn't um, anything that could, would have been good enough to be honest. And and anyway, I left and I didn't have a club. But Owen Cole was at Bolton at the time, and you know he invited me into. And Steve Steve was a coach at Bolton. The year that I left uh, Burnley, I didn't have anywhere to train, so he spoke to Owen, and Owen straight on the phone as you know straight out of the blue, come and train with us. Fantastic, you know what I mean? So. I was 39, I'd left Burnley and I was training with a Premier League club at Bolton and doing, doing all the fitness work. And I, and, I, and I was holding my own, I was up there, you know, with, with all the, the fit boys and playing, and sorry, training, um, keeping myself ready. But I'd spoke to Preston at the start of the summer and it had gone away and I felt it hadn't, nothing was coming of it. And I was devastated because, you know, I still live in Preston now. You know, a club that I didn't want to leave in the first place and I just felt... If I could get back there and, and play one, maybe two years, I'll, I'd be and try and help press and get back into the championship. And three days before the season starts, I get a phone call from Phil Brown. And I, I end up going back, sign a year's contract, and uh, it, it, what, I did feel it was it was perfect for me at the time, you know. And I, and I had a burning desire to sort of um, help press and get back into the championship. And um, but I was so nervous going back because. I think Preston, unfortunately, had been relegated in the time I'd, I'd left, and maybe my reputation had actually improved while in my in my time away. 
than it was when I left. So I felt, I felt under massive pressure to actually live up to it and, and not let Preston, the club and the fans down when I came back. So, but that was good for me because I was 40 and I wasn't just ticking days off. I actually felt pressure to perform and to win. And, and that keeps you going as a professional athlete. And um, But it didn't turn out to be the, the season that I'd hoped. And I realised halfway through, I, I got injured and I realised that this was going to be my final season as a professional footballer. But I was... I was, ple- you know, I was pleased it was going to be at Deepdale at Preston, but not in the way it turned out until um, obviously the, the last game of the season when I, when I came on as a sub. I've got to ask you, obviously, about your time with Scotland. You played a 1,000 games in your career, over a 1,000 games. You've talked about how proud that was for you and your family. Just how proud were you to play for Scotland as well? Yeah, that was... Um, you know... It, I had this about a month ago and someone asked me the question about, you know, I had a, had a season in the Premier League with, with Burnley. Fantastic, loved it and everything. And I had, um, had seven years as a, as a Scotland international. I, did, I didn't make, my, you know, my first appearance, you know, and get my first cap till I was 30 years old. And obviously that's quite unusual and, and, and not the norm. And you probably, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was really accepted as a, as a Scotland international at first, you know, I was English born, obviously English accent, uh, only played in England and I'd never played at the top level. So I think there was a lot of questions of why, why Scotland having to rely on a player like that when surely he's got to be better, younger, Scottish born, playing for Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts, whatever. And I had to fight really hard to stay involved with Scotland squad. And it was probably only... But there was a burning, real burning ambition to play for Scotland as a, as a kid. My dad's born in Glasgow. He was brought up as a Scotland supporter. You know, loads of pictures of a kid in Scotland kits and everything. So that was what I wanted to do. You know, my mum was born in Dublin. My dad's born in Glasgow. So I ne- I've not really got any English blood inside me anyway. And I never really felt English. I always felt, you know, a bit Celt, a bit Celtic, you know, Scottish and Irish. So, but I wanted to play for Scotland. And to get that call at 30... It was the best call ever. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. And I remember ringing my dad to tell him to, to send up my birth certificate. And he asked me why. And I told him why. And it blew his mind, you know. So it was amazing, you know, to, to, to make my debut for Scotland and then staying with the squad. It drifted away. But then when Walter took over, Walter Smith, I got recalled back into the squad. And, and then I, I played quite regular for the next probably 18 months, two years under, under Walter. And I think that gave me the credibility that I needed in Scotland with the press, with the fans, that I probably got dis, uh, discarded as an experiment as before under Bertie Votes. And, and I thank Bertie for sticking with me and giving me that opportunity to, to be a, a Scotland international. But I think it was under Walter that, you know, Walter's got such a high regard and respect in, in Scotland that, you know, if he's picking you and you're playing and you're, and you're, playing in games like when we beat France, you know, um, then I, th- I thought the respect that I had after that was a, a, a lot more and I felt more um, respected, more at home going to play for Scotland. And um, and and that was the pinnacle for me um, in my career. It wasn't playing in the Premier League. That wasn't the pin- pinnacle for me. Playing for Scotland and having international recognition and the feeling of playing for Scotland. It's not just what it says on your CV. It's not just the caps. It's actually the feeling you get training, reporting for Scotland, 
training with Scotland, getting your caps, having those team photos before games, playing at Hampden Park, winning, all, all that, the whole package is phenomenal. And I absolutely, I absolutely loved it playing for Scotland. It was, you know, if I had to give one of the things up, it'd be a horrible thing to do, but I'd give up the Premier League year to, to continue playing international football for Scotland because it, it's, it's still given to me now when I think about playing for Scotland. You know, that, that's, how, that's how I feel. And, and um, I had a, had a brilliant time. And, 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 and that was thanks to David Moyes, you know, going to Preston and, and saying that he'd, he'd tried to get me in the Scotland squad one day. And I took it for with a pinch of salt, really, you know, at that time. But, um, you know, fortunately enough, I managed to do it. And when I, when I say, you know, people ask me and I say, yeah, I've got 40 caps. Everyone goes, 40 caps? Everyone does that, you know, and, and, and that, I'm quite proud of that. There's quite quite a significant number of caps for a player of my background and, and where I came from and how my career panned out. So I'm, I'm incredibly proud of that. And, and what it means to my family as well is, is massive. Well, as you say, 40 caps sums it up. You don't get 40 caps for your country if you're not someone who's well regarded and, and a good player. So you're spot on. And the obvious question is, did you ever have the chance to move to a team in Scotland in your career? Um, I don't know. I think there was there was speculation a few times. I think with with that, um, I, not not particularly any clubs. But when I was talking to the Scottish media, sometimes they'd say, "Would you consider it? Would you do this?" And I, and I always felt quite up for it. You know, like saying, "Yeah, I think I would at some uh, some time or other." But like I said before, I never had a desire to leave Preston. You know, and the majority of my games came in my time at Preston and then it went into when I was um, at Burnley but it was going so well at Burnley and winning promotion at Burnley and into the Premier League so the opportunity never came up so I never I never had any um, offers or speculation but certainly I would have I would have looked at it because you know um, I got to know a lot of the, the, the Scottish boys you know from playing with them and rooming with them and training with them and everything and it had been it had been good to play at those those grounds you know and you know it's uh, you know, although I played at, you know, obviously Hamden and the two Edinburgh clubs, I made my debut at, at Pittsaudry. Um, I was sub at Celtic Park once for a game, but I never, never got the opportunity to play at Ibrox, and um, that would have been that would have been fantastic. But um, yeah, I, w- I would have played in Scotland if the opportunity came, but you know, um, it, it never came round to be honest. In terms of yourself as a player, you you, you played. In, into your into your forties, you played over a thousand games, as we've mentioned. Coaching something that was always an ambition, and and you were caretaker at Preston, managing Scunthorpe, managing Fleetwood. How do you reflect on those experiences, and do you feel that winning promotion with Fleetwood, having those experiences in League One with both clubs, has really developed you as a manager? So that now with Salford, you feel confident and and, and able to take Salford to the next level. Yeah, it was it was one. Um... It's really when, I, you know, David Moyes really wanted you to understand the game and, and think about the game and work out your game. And, that, and you know, when I spoke to his assistant uh, about Gaffer's background and, he's, and he said, oh, yeah, he was fully qualified at 23 or something like that. You know, it was like phenomenal. And I, and I started getting more interested in the coaching side of it and thinking about it. And at 32, 33, I thought, actually, my career could be two years down the line, three years down the line. And I love football. I love wanting, and I want to stay in it. So I'd started taking my coaching qualifications with the Scottish FA. And um, I carried on playing. And I, and I, 
and I didn't want to give up playing and it ran alongside my playing career and you know it took me about seven years to get my full qualifications but it worked out quite well by the time I was just getting my qualification my pro license I was just ready to retire and um and unfortunately when I when I finished at Preston I got the opportunity to was offered the opportunity of um, taking the youth team at Preston so I was ready for that went straight into it and I didn't really miss playing because I was straight into the, the coaching side of it and I, and I loved it and uh, I'd had a, a, a one month period of um, the caretaker manager at, at Preston North End and that's what when, when I decided I had a month that, doing that and that was me I was going right I, that's me retiring now because that's what I want to do I want to coach and I want to manage and, and then um, I got the opportunity to to take the youth team at Preston, and and then um, Fleetwood uh, approached approached me and uh, and Preston with the opportunity of becoming their manager. And uh, it, I weighed it a lot open, and I wanted I was loving my job at Preston, the the youth role, and uh, I I was really happy. But I missed the the senior level, the first team level at that time, and and winning games and the butterflies on a Saturday morning. Um, and then the opportunity to come to Fleetwood uh, or go to Fleetwood as the manager was was there. I spoke to I spoke to David Moyes uh, for a bit of advice and everything as as I have done uh, since. And um, if I wanted to be a manager, it was a great great good place to start. And uh, went there and had a um, a great time. We managed to win promotion the first full season there. Real steep learning curve. You know, in certainly in my first se- first half of season when we we had to change the squad around and we had to make a lot of changes and it was it was a difficult difficult period. But I had a, a chairman that really believed in me and, and really backed me in Andy Pulley and uh, had a lot to thank him for and showing faith in me in the first four or five months where it was difficult. But then when I got my own team, my own squad involved, it, it you know we we won promotion next year and got promoted to League One finished in the top 10 in the first season so it's it really it's a really eye-opener because it's completely different from playing completely different whereas you go from a player when you you're solely concentrating on yourself and you as an individual and you only think of yourself underneath everything underneath everything you're thinking about yourself and you go into coaching and managing and then you're thinking about absolutely everyone apart from yourself and it's a real um you know uh turning your life upside down your world and uh but I had a, had a great time unfortunately uh left there was out of work for the first time in my, in my life uh, you know uh, for a little period but then got the opportunity to go to Scunthorpe managed there for two years turned Scunthorpe around from a team that had been in the, the the bottom half for 18 months into challenging for promotion to the championship um left there uh, came to Salford and uh, won promotion in the first season here as well. So it's, you know, it's been a real different experiences. Uh, great to have success at you know at Fleetwood and Salford. I would say we had success at Scunthorpe as well in what we they were when I got there and what we they were when we left. Um, but it's it's great because I have the opportunity. You know, I, I love the game. I love the love the. The, the sport I love being around it and have a burning desire to be successful in it uh, I love working with the players day in day out and and have the opportunity to be out on a training pitch every day it's all I want to do when I was a player it's why I played until I was 40 I just wanted to 
I wanted to be playing football every day. That you know, I basically wanted to stay like a ten-year-old. Really, you know, that's it. You you wake up as a ten-year-old, you want to go out and play football with your mates. I managed to do that until I was forty, so I was I was really you know on a base level, and um, when you retire, you know that that's you you can go into something else. But I love the game of football, and I I think about it all the, all the time. It's my only thought, really, outside of my family life, and you know this is the 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 best role for that. You know, constantly thinking about what's going on. You have so many things to manage and different challenges, but the success you have, and then seeing the players have that success. That's where you get your, your payback, all the long hours you get, seeing other people, you know, uh, enjoy the, the, the enjoyment, the dreams they have, the, the ambitions they fulfil. That's when you get your, your payback for all the long hours that you work. Well, I can only say through this interview, Graham, your passion for football, whether that be playing or management, has, has certainly came through. And I'd like to finish with around the quickfire questions, the first of all being best players you played with. Um, do you know what? If I, get, if I go back um, to my time at Scunthorpe, Matt Elliott, who ended up playing for Scotland a few years later, you know, I played with him and he, he was just above that level by, by a mile. You know, he, he was a superb player. Um, fantastic. People like Johnny Macken at, at, um, at Preston was a quality player. Robbie Blake at Burnley was just a magical like ability in his feet. You know, if I'm talking about standout who you could see their quality was match winning, even as a defender or as a as a as a as an attacker. Faddy for for Scotland, James McFadden, you know, is, is you know the, the the games that we won where we were basically up against it. We just try to keep a clean sheet and get Faddy the ball in in good areas, and it produced something amazing. So those players for me were the, you know I played with some brilliant players who. Had longevity with and experience, but for standout moments of quality on the pitch, it, those players are the ones that, that, that jump out really. Toughest opponents? Well, I mean, you could go through when I played in the Premier League for you know it was um, basically every week. You know, I could just reel off a, a a list of you know people midfielders who I was playing against at the time: Lampards, Gerrards, Vieiras, you know, Scholes, Giggs. All these players were phenomenal, but the one, the one that gave me the hardest time, and it was playing for Scotland actually, and, and this probably summed up why I had to stop playing right back and had to go into midfield was Iron Robin for Holland. Um, absolutely tore me to shreds, and, I, and I, I, even to this day, I didn't know what I could do differently to to, to make it any better. Really, he, he was frightening. He had absolutely everything, and uh, he was the standout one that you know. If I wake up in a cold sweat, it's probably because of him. Most underrated player you played with? Um, I mean, there's loads because I, I I wouldn't say I played for fashionable clubs and um, you know players that stood out. But there was one I played with at, at Preston North End, Paul McKenna, who uh, central midfield player. I played with him in, over the whole eight year period. I played with uh, played for Preston in my first period, and I probably played more games with him than I've played with any other teammate. I mean, because he was homegrown and came through the system, he was so consistent, but could do everything: tackle, run, uh, score spectacular goals, make great passes. And um, he, him, for me, you know, he 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 was a fantastic player to play with, and probably didn't get the recognition and and didn't get that opportunity to play in the Premier League at the time. And um, I'd, I'd say he was the one for me that uh, 
went under the radar, but not with his teammates. Best manager of your career? Uh, for, for me, the, the, I've, I've already said in the interview, David Moyes turned my career around. And, and if, I, if, I hadn't called, if I hadn't played, signed for David Moyes at that period, I, I definitely wouldn't have become an international. <coughs> I, I probably wouldn't have played until I was 40. And um, whether I'd have played in the Premier League or not, I, I, I don't know, because I, I think I really need him at the time. But the Owen Call coming in at that time in my career reignited me and... and, and you know, I played in the Premier League under under Owen, so you know. But I have a lot to thank with all my managers. You know, from right at the start for giving me the opportunity and showing faith. You know, I played a thousand games, so a lot of managers picked me, which I, I feel I'm eternally grateful for. You know, you know, I played for uh, under a lot of managers, as is the the nature of management. But in general, the, the majority of them picked me. So, and I learned I learned off every single one of them, but. The two standouts for me were, was was David Moyes and and Owen Call and and under Walter I had a fantastic time with Scotland as well. A few non-football ones. Um, Favorite band? Stone Roses. Um, I was you know there when I, when I when I was a teenager coming into my twenties you know and uh, I was in, I was into me indie music and Stone Roses and Charlatans and Spiral Carpets and and things like that and. Uh, Stone, Stone Roses was the one that, that their, their music was superb and um, I, man, I managed actually I bumped into I was with Stevie Thompson who's you know you know uh, a great character up in, up in Scotland and, and me and him were on a Christmas do with Burnley and we actually bumped into Ian Brown who's the lead singer of Stone Roses and, and we spent a couple of hours we, we took a bit of time building ourselves up to actually go and speak to him and um, but when we did we, 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 um, we had a couple of pints with him um, and he actually, he actually recognised me as the lad who, because we were in the Premier League at the time and I had long hair and uh, he's a Man United supporter and I'd scored against Man City the month before and he actually recognised me for scoring against City, which he was buzzing with. So absolutely made my life. When, when Ian Brown recognised me, I was, I was so happy. But Stone Roses for me, I, st- I still love their music. Favourite film? It's, it's a bit of a... Cheesy one, but uh, oh, I wouldn't say that. But I love the Blues Brothers because I, I love the music in the Blues Brothers. I love the characters Jake and Elwood, my first dog named after after Elwood Blues. Um, so that for me was, was great. I get cane for it by my daughters and stuff like that for for saying it. But um, I love it because it's a little bit funny. It's got a lot of great music in and um, some mad scenes as well. So I'd say that. Last question I've got for you, and I'm going to apologise in advance for putting you in a spot here. If you could right. choose one of the owners of the club to play for Salford during their peak, which one would you choose and why? Um, you, you are putting me on the spot. But um, I, th- I think, and, and I would possibly say if, if, I, if I asked them the, the same question, they, they might go for the same one, I'm not sure, but I'd, pro- I'd probably go for Ryan Giggs. Oh. I think, you know, to, to to play to play for that long at that level, twenty years, you know, win as me, as much as he did, reinvent himself a little bit as a, from a winger to a centre midfield player, but still be, you know, playing at that level and scoring the goals he did at that level, and just the longevity and the quality that he had, you know, from the age of seventeen through to to forty was was phenomenal, really. So, 
Um, and he was a match winner. You know, he was a match winner, you know. And uh, But to be fair, <laughs> it's a difficult question. There's a, there's a lot of quality in there. So um, if I was for, if, if it come down to one, it'd probably be him. Brilliant choice. Thank you, Graham. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure, Callum. All the best, mate. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave